Going live in five, four. Hello, everybody, and happy holidays to James Gunn as we are back with another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to go with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts. We're not going to throw numbers. We're not going to be critics. We're just going to ask at the end of the movie, So Did You Like It? I am Sir Square, and joined as always with my co-host slash co-worker. I'm Kaz Kaz. God, this is the dumbest name I've ever heard. All and right. That is right. All right. Hey. <laughs> Squaring. Sorry. That That's even mean anyway. <laughs> to continue the holiday of James Gunn. We watched Slither, written and directed by James Gunn, starring Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks, and the amazing Michael Rooker. From Universal Pictures comes a film so shocking. Uh, we've got a real problem here. So disgusting. Don't let him in your mouth! It will change the face of horror. They're doing things to people, turning them into some kind of monsters. This is a story about aliens and slugs and, you know, toxic relationships. I'm going to go ahead and assume that when you said the dumbest name I ever heard, in your mind you were skipping ahead and, no, you know, thinking to yourself that I was parroting the, the fact that our main antagonist's name is Grant Grant. And you weren't just <laughs> yeah, saying, hey, Kaz is the like dumbest fucking, fucking name I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect to just be attacked by this. <laughs> I'm over here just doing my best, just well, having fun any contact, with my friend. It just here. sounds like I was being cute and saying my name twice. That's very true. I did come up pretty aggressive to people that don't understand what's going so, on. So I, yeah, as I said before, this is like two, like think two of these movies I know for sure you hadn't seen before, and I forgot to tell you with this one that we'd be slapping you with some of that Eldridge space horror a little oh, bit. Oh, I was so for it. That little, <laughs> that little call out to uh, the color out of space. Hell yeah, give it to me. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it's funny, it's very much like that scene from the movie version of it that came out years later. Oh yeah, when they do like the later on in the movie when um when Kylie's character is like getting like a vision of like where this the alien had come from. You're right. That is like very reminiscent of when we got to see the like Lovecraftian world of like the color entity and it was just like oh i want more of this too bad richard stanley kind of sucks huh oh uh, he was the one that directed to the color out of space yeah excuse that i don't know what's wrong um so yeah in this movie you you get that like creepy fucking vision and this poor girl is like the only one who has seen the vision she's seen i guess the perhaps the billion years that this life form has been around and overtaking planets and yeah seeing those weird fucking mutant space mole rats just howling into the space as they're all taken over by this horrible squid monster it's fucked up man <laughs> i have seen the worlds beyond worlds and let me tell you it's just slugs it's always what it's been what else is there <laughs> always has been. like you think it's you think it's gonna be some big cosmic entity no fuck you it's a little prick slug just goes inside you yeah just 
skinny bit of little slug, but boy howdy, does it uh does it fuck with your physiology in so many ways. Here's one thing before we jump into it. Um, this question goes out to James Gunn in 2005. Hey man, you all right? How's the marriage? <laughs> How's life? You okay? <laughs> God, I hope he never hears this. <laughs> Hey, I love James Gunn. What are you talking about? I, I do too. I do too. He's great. Are you but... really? Are you really a good director unless you're working through some marital issues outside your movie? It happened to James Cameron. It happened to James Gunn. Maybe it's a James thing. Maybe it's a James. Ah, oh, we shouldn't say that. <laughs> All right, now we've offended all kinds of like other people with all kinds of different names. So James, if you're out there, hey, sorry your marriage is going bad, man. <laughs> You know, James Gunn recently got remarried, right? Hey, good for him. <laughs> I'm not saying things are bad for all Jameses all the time everywhere. That's what you were kind of implying, man. I'm just saying, if there's a James out there. Hey, man, I'm sorry. Look, she won it. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Wow. <laughs> all right. I continue to alienate more people by the day. So, God, I love how this as is going you mentioned. For us. As you mentioned, this is about uh, a failing marriage uh, and kind of a really toxic one. Yeah, especially how they um, explained it, too. Like, I, like how uh, Bill explains the relationship. It's like, wouldn't you do the same? You're, you're 17. Your alcoholic dad was beating you. Like, your mom really didn't. What did they say? Like, the mom was either. I thought she, like, died of cancer or something. Your mom died of cancer and then. Uh, out of nowhere, Grant Grant, the richest, one of the richest men in the city, uh, comes up with his big Cadillac and college tuition and a home asking for her hand in marriage. Like, what would you do? And it was just like, that's, that, uh, that. It's a small, shitty little town. I don't know. The, your best prospects is, I guess, the rich guy who's giving you attention um the the person inside me that wants to react to like with this with like comedy just wants to say like see that's that's not love that's what we call a good fucking deal okay <laughs> like like you didn't get married you fucking went to the supermarket and hit it big on the sales like you got a good fucking deal there yeah i guess so uh he doesn't seem it's it's definitely comes off as a loveless marriage, and it definitely by you know the movie might be indicative of like maybe previous toxicity and stuff like that, and uh-huh. you know things happening there. But like you know they could have they could have gone all out and made him the worst fucking person, but they give him I guess a little bit of I don't know actual humanity, a bit of a conscience. I guess he's still not a good guy, and the movie definitely makes him literally and metaphorically a monster uh well literally a monster possibly illustrating the metaphorical part but like they're in a loveless marriage she's not really that into him she doesn't she's, yeah um uh, physically uh as as he's trying to you know make you know get you know getting something going between them two yeah it's not uh, really like she's the most like it's not that like she's like cheats or anything like that but like Again, this wasn't about love. This is about getting a good deal. Yeah, and maybe you know they've been married for quite so, for quite a few years now. Yeah, quite a few years. So she's just you know the whole wedding phase is over. They've just kind of just been together, and yeah, I don't know, I think she's just not terribly that into him really, or the 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 fizzle has kind of or the the, the I'm sorry the spark is fizzled kind of thing. 
Um, yeah, and she still thinks about uh, her her young love and her youth bill party. Sure, I don't know. Once again, it seems like they make it a point to. Yeah, she doesn't care for him, but she's not. She's not like you know actively looking for another thing, and she definitely seems loyal no, to her man. No. But like, yeah, he's trying to get stuff going, and she's just not down for it. And he's being pretty persistent, but ultimately, when she's like, just hey. Really, just I, I, I'm not, I'm not in the mood. I just can't. And so eventually, he yeah. gets pissy and he decides to go off for a walk, uh, quote unquote. Sorry, you can't see my air quotes. Quote unquote walk. <laughs> um, and then yeah, actually, I, honestly, he was just hanging out at a shitty karaoke bar. Like it's not like he was going out actively searching for anyone, but he was hanging out at a shitty karaoke bar to drown his misery in beer, I guess. And that lady, that lady singing at the karaoke bar, God love her. <laughs> She was giving it her best, and I just fucking respect her for putting herself out there like that, okay? Like, it wasn't about the performance, but about the fucking courage it took. Yes, it was the most beautiful deadpan performance I had ever heard of karaoke. <laughs> Not even the worst, actually. I've been I love how, like, I was in my, like, what, there was a lot of miscommunication and stuff going on this week to where, like, Kaz and I weren't able to watch this movie together, which... We're really kind of bummed about. It would have been really awesome to watch this movie together. It yeah. would have been. Uh, but so I had to watch this movie at work. <laughs> and so I when I took my lunch break, I'm just like in my car in like an empty parking lot. And this woman starts uh, just singing to her best. And in my like car, I'm just like, you fucking go, girl. Like, you got this. Like kind of clapping for her. Just like, you got this. Keep going. Even though every time she tries to hit an eye note, I'm like, I winch just a little bit. I don't know how you made watching this movie sound so sad. <laughs> <laughs> there I am alone in an empty parking lot rooting for this girl doing bad karaoke. Look, all right, it was a it was a it was a it was a rough Thursday for me, okay? Some some strange things were happening. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he he's not going out per, per, specifically to cheat. He's just going out to kind of you know yeah. be angry, sulk a little bit, let off some steam, and drink some beer, and just like go out and like instead of like getting into a fight about this, just go kind of like work out his frustrations. Yeah, is it healthy? No, <laughs> but you know, again, it's just it's it's his reaction, and and you're right. Like even yeah. we do get a situation where like oh. What is her name? Brenda? Brenda Gutierrez. How did you not know her first name, but you knew her last name? Okay, well, anyways. Okay. Because I just remembered it was just like, oh, yeah, she changed her name, I think. Oh, I, think I, I didn't realize she Because changed. she was, like, married for yeah, a little okay. bit. Yeah, because she has a kid, so she's like a single mm -hmm. mom. Yeah. So I, I, now I see it. Yeah, Brenda Gutierrez. Like, and she even says that she used to have a thing for him when he was dating her sister. Yeah. And do you want to explain how she uh, says no, that? No, I don't. Come uh, on. Uh, she was just saying, like, oh, what did you think of her? And doing some body shaming to her sister, all that stuff, because, you know, jealousy of her older sister. And he has a line. Uh, she was, like, you know, wondering why what you saw in her and you didn't see in me. And he was like, well, you couldn't have been more than, like, 10 or 11. And she was like, I would have been game. And you're like, uh <laughs> This is a small town. Uh, this is a small town. It's, <laughs> this is it's not, not good. Yeah, so that's a weird throwaway line. Every every time, ev even our most innocuous characters all... 
I don't know. They're all flawed in some way. <laughs> Except for Starla. Well, Starla's only flaw really is um, not sticking up for herself, I guess, to her man. But I don't know if I can really call, hold her accountable for that. It's a really weird situation. You're right. You're right. It it's it's it was a really uncomfortable uh, scene when she when he picks her up from the school. Oh yeah, because we show this is where we're showing like Grant be Grant Grant sorry really possessive because he goes to pick her up from from her from her teaching job. When we say pick her from a school, we should clarify she's a teacher. <laughs> uh, and we have a fun cameo. The cameo was the best part. The cameo is honestly the best part. Really? Just well of the scene, I mean. Damn, all right. Uh, well, yeah, and just like that moment uh of seeing like cuz you know the director's always the director most directors always put themselves in their movies one way or another. So to see James Gunn like perfectly play that nerdy guy that's just like, yeah, you know, you want to come see my butt bug collection or something, you know? Like that was the vibe he gave. Oh, it was something a lot He was the conversation was something along the lines of like somehow like when people like build on like foundation and it's mm-hmm. not quite secure or something like that. It was something about securing like land foundation. <laughs> it was something like really just like, oh, wow. OK, this is just a dork ass conversation. You know, you could go the M. Night Shyamalan route and make yourself the muse who has like the smart words that really inspires the character or just some dweeb, I guess. Yeah, his name's Hank. Ugh. Yeah, what's wrong with that? I know what's wrong with that. It's better than Grant Grant. Jeez, you're going to alienate people named Hank now? Not really. It's just the more you said it. Like, I'm like, hey, play some dweeb. You're like, yeah, his name's Hank. I'm like, okay. (laughs) 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 How dare he name himself Hank? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. That's the reaction I wanted. How fucking (laughs) dare he name himself that? You know the opening scene also, by the way? I do like to talk about... I wanted to talk about the uh, the opening crawl when we get to see the town for the first time. Weird decision. Yeah. The song was... The song I was like, okay, I can understand the song choice and... But then it was just like, instead of showing the town as like, you know, a small town, some type of, some kind of economic strife, they go full in with just like, yeah, we're like people going through a hard time. Look at these people hanging out that are kind of like bums. Then look at that guy with a hair lip, dare to drink a coffee in public. And then look at that priest smoking a cigarette. (laughs) Just like, oh no. Oh God, the humanity! This town I, is falling apart. It's like what the fuck, dude? I missed it. Shit. They showed the guy with the cleft lip. Oh yeah, cleft lip. Sorry, that's so funny because they they mentioned him later on in the movie, and I just assumed it was just a reference. I don't think I ever saw him. Yeah, no, he's just drinking a coffee on like the uh, on like a bench on like either like just like a random city bench or like waiting for the bus. While, like, the song is just kind of shows just, like, small town, like, mm. got their own problems going on. It's just like, well, I don't know, these all just seem like normal people. And, like, yes, I'm very sorry. Use of music. <laughs> I'm very sorry this priest smokes cigarettes. I'm sorry he enjoys a little bit of tobacco for a little bit of the stress. There's nothing wrong with that. 
Is this a part of the montage where we meet the mayor? Yes, it is. Down. I love this mayor. He's such a piece of shit. He's not a likable guy. <laughs> He's so good at being unlikable, it borders on charismatic. That is such a weird thing to say, but this is how I feel about the mayor. Yes, Greg Henry, who is the actor that plays Mayor Jack McReady. I don't know if he's the best part of this movie for me, but he's high up there. Just just the beginning sequence where he just starts cussing out that truck driver midday. And like for a brief second, you're kind of just like, man, same. Yeah. Same. Because that dude just was taking up the entire street. It's like a total. The guy's like outside of his car, I think. Yeah, it's a total douchebag move. And he's like calling, he's like telling him to get off the road, call him a fucking jerk off, or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's like, he looks over. There's this like unassuming young woman with her child just standing there at the uh, street corner, and she says, "Hi, Mister Mayor." And he just kind of waves with this just big old beaming smile with her and us, and a nice wave. And he says hello, and she just walks off. Ah, easy come, easy go. You know, like let's be real. I would, I. I I do not blame the man for what he did in that situation. That dude was being a total chode by taking most of the street parked to pick up something. Like, seriously, dude? Like, why do you even have a truck that big in such a small town? Before we cut away, he still he goes back to cussing and honking his horn. And so we don't know how that resolved or if the, how long it took for that guy to move. It just turns out the mayor kicked the shit out of that dude. It's in the paper later on, but no one cares. It's really just about... This would be some bad PR. <laughs> then again, it is a small it town. Is, it's a small town. It's more about his fight record, you know? I love that, like, we're from Texas, so it's one of those things, like, these have different meanings of, like, it's really kind of a bad... I'm saying a bad thing about the town, but it's like saying, bless your heart. I'm just like, I'm not saying anything about this town. I'm saying, oh, it's a small town. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know what that means. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of true. It's kind of <laughs> true. So when I say that, just assume it's a euphemism for something. <laughs> we haven't really talked about the alien too much. Uh, no, we haven't. You know, uh, or Nathan Fillion, but you know no, what? Because everyone, the, the Nathan movie, Fillion's beautiful. The movie oh, also are. takes a while to get to our main characters. The third one, it takes. It's like I think about. A third of the way through the movie before we even meet her, but like yeah, we oh we, yeah, we meet um uh, Starla and Michael Rucker who plays you know uh, Grant Grant, uh so we get acquainted with them. We do meet Bill technically first, but only for a brief second. Oh right, that's funny. Yeah, we do meet him. It's so short that I forget that that beginning part even exists. Yeah, before the title crawl and the weird you know choices made, uh. We see like um, the like comet or the meteorite that holds yeah. this slug creature, like descending towards Earth, and in the car is uh, Police Chief Bill Party and his his partner Wally? Wally. Was his name Wally? I think his name was Wally. His partner Wally, and Wally is just using his speed gun to see the speed of a whippoorwillow. So how fast does the whippoorwillow go? It was going 27 miles per hour, but he was going to guess it was going to be around like 30 miles per hour, which he was really upset about because he used to be able to guess speeds without 
about two miles per hour. With his two miles per hour, <laughs> he's so pedantic about this. <laughs> he fucking knew, okay? Like a man, the man knew, uh, and he felt bad that he lost that ability. Yeah. So this we don't we... have a lot in our live cast, so what we have a really mundane superpower, and then we just lose it. It's kind of a lot yeah. for us. Eh, it's a small town. It's fine. Uh, so, like, we very briefly meet Nathan Fillion there, and then uh, then we meet him again. Sorry, Bill. We meet Bill again as uh, Starla is going home with uh, with Grant Grant. Yep. I'm only going to refer to him by both of his names ever. Um, <laughs> uh, and, yeah, we, we get a little bit of background as, like, he's helping the crossing guard, I guess. I don't know, he's just kind of standing there watching. As... Well, the, the crossing guard is um, Margaret. Yeah, but like, I thought he was partnered with Wally. Well, yeah, no, he was just kind of there. I think he was either on a break or he was stalking Starla. I don't, well, yeah, maybe he could be. It's possible. Uh, so yeah, He was looking over at her and yeah, as, as we kind of straightened up when he saw her. Yeah, as we see, he's kind of leering at her, and the whole town seems to know that he's got a thing for her. He's very bad at hiding it, uh, except Starla. I think he's the only one that doesn't realize it. But yeah, uh, yeah, Starla's a teacher and leader of the future. But let's not let's say she's not um, the most observant. Yeah. So yeah, everyone, which we could see in her class. Everyone seems to know. Which I don't want to talk about. And I, oh yeah, that is right. I forgot about that. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> so the kid's drawing his teeth, no, um, <laughs> oh, fuck you. so yeah, that's where we get a little backstory on, like, you know, what her deal is and how she ended up, uh, married to Grant Grant and all that stuff, uh, Nathan Fillion saying, like, hey, you know, also giving a little bit of, of, uh, I guess, insight to some of our other characters, he says over to Margaret, he said, hey, You'd be into him too, or you'd be you'd be totally down to marry him too if he had a giny. <laughs> I think it's cute a way of saying that, I guess. Which the little kid asks, "What's a giny?" <laughs> it's a country where Chinese people live. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a smooth save, Mister Party. Not as good as someone who's never lit a candle before, but still nice. That's good. That's good. It's good. Uh, it's, it's bad. Um, so that's where we meet him and their whole business. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, oh, so yeah, as we've, we've jumped around quite a bit. So after we have those scenes, um, we're going to jump back to our, our proper introduction to the alien as uh, Brenda, what's her name? Brenda uh, kind of flirts with uh, Grant Grant a little bit and she talks about how she had a crush on him. Leads him to this old tree way the fuck in the middle of nowhere in the woods where she carved his initials and her initials in a heart. And he says that's fucking ugly. Yeah. Starts teasing her and shit. And they start making out and then he he he's the one that puts the brakes on. He says he can't. He can't. Uh, Starla worries about him. Yeah. He's got Starla. And so she's like, well, fuck. And so, yeah, he puts the brakes on it. So once again, we had another chance to make him, to really kind of make him the worst. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we give him a... We, but we don't. Humanize don't. him a little bit. Give him a little bit of like, okay, he has something, uh, some humanity about him, or he's not a complete 
trash, I guess. But before he's ready to leave and go head on back home to Starla, uh, he sees a weird goop on the floor around where the meteor crashed. Yeah, he sees, and then he sees a trail that leads to more goop, that leads to like what looks to be a fleshy sack. Is that the best way to put it? Yeah. <laughs> or, or is there? Do Do you want me to explain it as something else? No, no, you're good. Um. So yeah, out of this uh, weird flesh Say sack. It. There we go. Uh, a weird like what looks like I don't know a rattle comes out. Like it looks like a little like pointed needle, like a rattlesnake's tail, and then it starts mm-hmm. rattling, like weird shaking, makes a sound and everything, freaks him out, and fucking spears this man with some I don't really know what, but whatever it is. He fucking goes down, and this thing starts, like, wiggling its way through his chest. Which I gotta say, it probably hit, like, bones on the rib, but damn. All right, that thing just fucking goes. And we get a weird, out-of-nowhere x-ray shot of this worm, CGI x-ray shot of this worm, working its way very quickly um, from the chest into uh, his brain. Mm-hmm. Straight up, All the while, this, Brenda seems worried. Straight up to that that good part of the brain that he needs to needs to see. And yeah, uh, Brenda's freaked out, and she tries to get him, and he grabs her by the arm. Um, she freaks out. He's got blood coming out of his nose, his ears, I think his eyes. Blood coming out of all kinds of orifices. It's mm-hmm. not a pretty sight. But yeah, we don't really remark on that. He just kind of that that scene happens, and he. Uh, Heads home. Am I the only one that noticed how the alien flesh sack opened up? That sounds like you're the only one that wants to talk about it. Oh, okay. Then never mind. We can Go just ignore it. it. No, 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 no. I understand. No, no. I see what fucking trap you No, no. You, you, no, you wanted to bring good. up the flesh sack. I don't, need, I don't need to talk about the Georgia <laughs> O'Keefe painting that is the flesh sack's opening. Please elaborate for me, any uncultured people who wonders what that reference is. <laughs> Go to a fucking museum. <laughs> That's what I'll tell you. Go learn some shit. Go, Go ask research. your parents. You'll figure it out for yourself. <laughs> then seeing that little prick thing come out was just like, wow, James. <laughs> There's some choices yeah. here. Yeah, it's fine. So yeah, anyways, pierces the shit out of him. <laughs> Um. Yeah, he goes home. Does he go straight home, or does he go? Yeah, he does go straight home. And like, yeah, first thing is like we get this uh just f- inside the fridge shot of him just pulling out packages of of whatever meat they got. And yeah, at this point, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if if the alien can speak yet or if it's forming thoughts. He hasn't said anything since. And the only thing he does is he's looking through the fridge. He just goes meat, meat, meat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, we we do see later on when Starlo wakes up that like Grant can talk. Oh yeah, yeah, he definitely talks, and we'll find out he can do more than talk. <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. in that scene, uh, after coming home, all he does is just say meat, and we don't even know what it's for. I think when she wakes up, she didn't even find him. He like scattered a bunch of leaves in the basement, and you just see him rolling around in it. It's very adorable. Uh, and then. And then, um, and then I'm bad at following linearity, so... <laughs> no, I think you know. I think you know what, what happens. You just don't want to say it. I talked about the flesh sack. I think this is the sword you could fall on there, Kaz. Which part's this? This is the part with Starla and Grant Grant. Oh, okay. Because I feel like there was some a gap between there, but I don't remember what was in that gap. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> she finds... Because uh, after... I thought... 
by the way, I hadn't said it before, but as we're getting further into this movie, uh, not for anyone who doesn't like to see, who 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 uh, is squeamish on like animal deaths, pets, wildlife, all kinds of animals. Not good for that. No. <laughs> so if that is that's triggering for you, not my might not be the movie for you. But anyways, um, yeah, she sees that the uh the basement is locked. Uh, he fucking like screws it onto the frame and cracks the shit out of the frame, just you know sealing it shut. Uh, and then yeah, he sees her and she's asked, "What's with the lock?" And he has the weirdest. Line like I know he's playing an alien, but it seems like he has Grant's mind, Grant Grant's mind. But he says, "Oh, you shouldn't be worrying about something like that when it's so close to your birthday." Wait, what? Is that really what he says? Yeah, and she's like, "My birthday ain't for like my birthday ain't that close." And he's like, "Oh yes, it is." She's like, "It's two months." He said, "Well, that's close." And she says, "Not really." And he says. Matter of opinion. It was such a weird line. I don't know. It was just so like, oh, this guy's an alien, and this is how we're showing it. But I don't know. The rest of the movie makes me think there's no reason why he should have said that. No, yeah, that's 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 very strange. I'm gonna start using that. Also, I have now. to ask when so people start asking too many questions. I'm gonna say, hey, there's no need to worry about that. It's so close to your birthday, just to see what people say. And distract them so they stop asking questions. That's very true. That's very true. But I also have to ask, since Grant Grant was infected by an alien and then later on he totally slept with his wife Starla, is there something we should be worried about? Maybe. I don't know. Anatomy seems to work. She wasn't freaked out by anything, it seems. But, like... He hadn't grown the tentacles out of the chest yet. Yeah, here's part of where, like, I'm a bit like, okay... I feel bad for Starla because, yeah, she feels bad after uh, rejecting him and him going out in a huff. And then she wakes up, and he's not in bed. He's uh, he's already bolted a lock on the basement, and he's acting weird. But yeah, she sets up a thing to like try to f- say she's sorry. She's like, I don't mean to push you away. She plays some romantic music. Every woman in the world to me. <laughs> My snapping was off. Um, but uh. <laughs> I don't have a lighter too, and it wouldn't show up on the audio. Um, but yeah, <laughs> just make so, that click noise. So she's, trying to, she's trying to apologize, and she's wearing some, you know, like mm, pretty, pretty sexy clothing underneath the robe. So trying to, you know, like make it up to quote unquote make it up to <laughs> him, which is a little like yeah, exactly. It, it, it's it, it, like I said, it's not a very healthy relationship. Mm. Uh, but like yeah, she says all this to him, and then she notices he's crying i don't really know why i don't know if it's partially because of the alien or maybe a little bit of emotion actually is coming through grant and i think that amount of sensitivity actually does get her to legitimately kind of feel something for him so i feel like when they actually have sex it's not like a weird apologetic obligation so much as that she actually seems into him when he actually seems to reciprocate an emotional feeling or maybe show a bit of a actual emotional depth unlike being you know like kind of like a sleaze toxic dude you, well i would say just a unfortunately like the toxic masculinity of just kind of like hold it inside don't show no softness you know that kind of you know be a strong man kind of thing mm-hmm. uh that i think she's into it she's into a sensitive side of him and so yeah they have super duper have sex which we <laughs> might have to worry about i don't know 
She didn't seem worried because the next day she's at work and she's like all in a happy mood singing to herself. Super duper have sex. That's a that's yeah. amazing right there. You can keep that one by all means. I guess I will. Have it. Mm-hmm. That's Freak. two things I need to remember. Uh, try your best to have super duper have sex and then also no giggling. I was going to say no giggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. We've learned. I'm going to fail at the latter. Um <laughs> And yet, fail at the former as well. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to miss the duper part. But anyways, uh, so yeah, all seems well there, sort of. I don't know. After And it's the deer countdown that night. Oh, yeah. Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's just some small town bullshit where I guess they do like a little bit of a dance hall dance and everyone has a fun little celebration they count down to when they're gonna start deer hunting season or some shit and the mayor once again being the absolute best at being the worst gives them some line about scripture about how god had made the earth or whatever and then he put made man domain over all the wildlife and he's like and i think what he meant by that was Let's go out there in wheelie and shoot a buck or two. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, by the way, I was wrong. It was the deer cheer. Okay, yeah, I thought the deer count didn't seem right, but yeah, there you go. Hey, you're the one that keeps track of these things better than I do. I don't know. Ah, right, well, you know, it was like it the... was a strange situation, but I love how like the mayor was there to party. The mayor was just there to just fucking kick back. Pound some scotch and have a great fucking time. And I'm for that, all right? I'm fucking well, Grant, for that. Grant Grant was supposed to take Starla, but uh, as she was taking a shower getting ready, his test tentacles got a bit eager. Um, and his, um, they excuse were like, me, excuse me. His what? Chest tentacles. I love how you say Chest- that. It's so Sorry. normal. Chesticles. Whatever you want to call them. <laughs> yes. So... <laughs> Uh, start, you know, his impregnating tentacles from the chest. Yeah, so, yeah, they start going uh, go, you know, kind of wiggling <laughs> towards her while she's, you know, like in the shower. He's approaching, but as she turns around, he seems got it. Yeah, his as voice. she turns around, he kind of has like a second, like he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't, whatever the tentacles have in mind, Grant doesn't seem to want to. For, to some capacity. And so, yeah, he turns away and tells him, I got a guy blessing work. I got to go to work. Yeah. Is able to shove the Wiggly boys back into the shirt. Yeah, and he was like, I'll... As you do. Uh, and then he said, yeah, I'll meet you there. Fucking books, it leaves. Got to go to work. And so while everyone's at the deer cheer, unfortunately, single mother, Brenda Gutierrez, is called upon by Grant Grant and the Wiggly boys. Yeah, she's down to clown and all for it and all stuff. Puts the baby to bed and all that goodness. Uh, and then the scene gets really uncomfortable as they're about to... Well, he's about to chest tentacle her. Uh, <laughs> we'll put it that yeah. way. It comes off as a as a sexual assault scene, basically. Is what, yeah, it looks... Re- it's real bad. He's like over... He's like, you know, hold her down, all that stuff. And these tentacles are... Right through her chest as well. Uh, and these weird, mm-hmm. horrible things, you know, transfer from his, his tentacles uh, into her. It was real bad. Yeah. Real bad. No comfortable way yeah. to talk about it. No, it was no comfortable gross. way to talk about no. this scene. 
But that's what happens. There's a uh, funny uh, bit, though, as we're, like, going on to the next scene, and she's, you know, he, he's doing he, he, whatever the tentacles are doing business. He's just kind of, like, laying sideways. She's kind of whatever, and she's doing this dramatic wiggling, <laughs> convulsing, basically. Um, it's it's a bit of hammy acting. Uh, that's about it. Um, yeah. She comes back later. <laughs> Does she? Well, she doesn't move, but we see her later on when, um, uh, you know, after the deer cheer and all this other shenanigans happens, she's, like, locked up in the basement where she says she's hungry. He throws some animal carcasses, some pets. No, not a, not a basement. He dragged her all the way out to an abandoned barn. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I thought she was in the basement first and then the barn, but no, yeah. She, no, that's where he was keeping all the uh, yeah, dead where, animals. Yeah, where the deer carcasses are. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and so the like, dog carcasses. So she's, like, yeah, just, like, chained up somewhere, and he just, like, throws ca- carcasses at her of animals and pets and all stuff, and she just eats these raw animals. I do um, want to say, by the way, from earlier... Uh, we do actually meet all three main characters within the first four minutes of this movie. Oh, Kylie is in her class. Oh, and he she's the one sitting next to the um the guy with the doodling problem. Right. What's his problem with doodling? Uh, it's just uh, he's distracted. He is distracted <laughs> and leering, leering. Oh. Uh, all of them were. All of them were, and it was so uncomfortable. Yeah, a bunch of horny teenagers. Anyways. Bunch of horny teenagers. So, it's a small town. <laughs> it's a small town. <laughs> so, that, okay. so, Brendo going missing uh, ends up being a part of the plot. Eventually, um, like, Starless starting to see a bit of uh, problems here and there. So, like, when they were going to Pound Town, she notices, like, the little welt on his chest. He just says, ah, oh, must have been a bug stung me or something like that. Uh, then later on, uh, then um, after the deer chair, or sometime after that, um, the police are at her place uh, asking where he is. She said he left. Uh, he'd gone out, and they're looking for him because apparently he was the last person seen with Brenda before. Uh, and Starla, being the very loyal woman that she is, was like, must have been someone who looks like Grant. <laughs> no one's buying that shit. Nathan Fillion's just like, uh, okay, uh-huh. uh, we'll be on the lookout. Give us a call if you see him. Like, whatever you say. To which she assumes that maybe Brenda is, is why I thought for some reason she was in the, the basement. She assumes maybe uh, the basement has to do with the missing girl, breaks over the basement, finds all the carcasses in there, and that's when she decided to give the cops a call before uh, he's outside of her window. The bunch of lesions on his face. Yeah, he's not looking good. I think he says it's a bee sting. It's like, it should go away. I, I went to the doctor no. for it. No, that happened before. By the time she sees yeah. him now, he's all fucked up. But like, yeah. And and his doctor had confirmed that he hadn't seen her in more than like two years. Yeah, and so that was that was a couple, I think a day or so before. And so when the cops finally show Which, up. Sorry. By the way, the voice of the doctor on the phone is Rob Zombie. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, speaking of cameos, you want to tell me who the voice of the uh, slug monsters that show up later are? I never realized that every film podcast isn't actually a podcast about like different films and your interpretations of them. 
It's just you watching Frank Welker. <laughs> Every fucking movie just has Frank Welker in it. So welcome to welcome to So Did You Like It, the Frank Welker watch. And that's right, we found him a fucking kid. And Kaz, do you want to explain how we found Frank Welker this time? I think we jokingly was like, oh man, you know what sucks? We don't get a... Yeah, I said like, well, we didn't find a wild Tony Shalhoub this time, and... You and your fucking devious yeah. mind. And so I decided, was like, wait, yeah, there was no Tony Schlub, but you know what there <laughs> might have been? And I Googled it. I'm like, fucking Altivo! Megatron will never leave us alone. And I found out Frank Welker does the voice of Slug Monster. Oh, my god! So that's fun. He voices everything. He voices and everything you've ever heard, everything from your childhood. From Frank Welker, because he is in Scooby-Doo. He's one of the demon monsters everything in Scooby-Doo. Was, everything that will be. Everything in the future. You'll wake up someday next to your wife. You don't love anymore. You look in the mirror. You don't know. Who, you don't recognize the person you're looking at. You go work your shitty job you don't like, come home to your kids who suck. Asking yourself why. And then you just find out you're voiced by Frank Welker. And so are they. And when it's you wake up Frank from Welker the simulation, from you realize you were only just the program. It was always just, just Frank a, Welker the entire time. We're just a dream and a dream of Frank Welker. <laughs> So as he's uh, she's calling the cops and she fi- he finds him and he's like coming approaching her. He's like, "You betrayed me! How dare you! I wasn't gonna hurt you! I wasn't gonna hurt you! You betrayed me! I can't trust you no more! So you gotta go!" You Once want again. the you want the hot Bill party, don't you? Because he's better looking. Than oh. me. Yeah, and he's like, it's because I'm ugly now, isn't it? So once again, everything that he's saying, these are all lines you would hear from an abusive significant other. He I definitely can't has like some... I wasn't uh, going to hurt you. You betray me. I can't trust you. Oh, it's because of the way I look. All this stuff is just this weird nagging, or not nagging, it's more like gaslighting, just awful things that you would hear from like an abusive relationship. Uh, and yeah, he's about to get her with the tentacles too. Yeah, and it's just like the way his arm starts to stretch as well as he's like choking her. Yeah. And you see like as he's pulling his arm, it's almost like he's pulling more of it out of himself. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's moving like he's got no bones. I've got no bones. And yeah, luckily he gets stopped by the police who when you know, when her phone call got cut off, come to come rescue her and yeah, he freaks out, slithers, ha <laughs> slithers the fuck away. Um, and Nathan Fillion once again with like, he has just the most mundane, yeah, you would expect a character to say that, but his delivery for some reason I find really charming, where he's just like, as he walks away, everyone's just standing there stunned, he goes, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and it's just so good for some reason. Um, and then I think after that we cut to three days later? Yeah, they're still trying to find Grant Grant out there. They can't find him, but it's like funny because like the mayor's like, ah, fucking get out there and find it. And they're like, it was a fucking squid. What are we looking for, man? And they do um, have like a map showing like the recently uh, families, like animals have been going missing and they know it's Grant. 
and yeah, they're family animals and farm animals are all. So they're they're tracking him down, and they finally now know that that night he will most likely go for uh, the Strutmeyer reg- residence where they have some uh, farm life. Yeah, yeah, because it seems to be having a pattern. So they decide to stake it out. Um, where we see guns and a grenade, but they don't grab the grenade. Yeah, I figured, I think they said like there was some fishermen who were going to use it. Um, or trout fishing. So they close up on the grenade. So that's when we know Chekhov's grenade. Yeah, yeah. How'd you like Chekhov's grenade? I love when we get to talk about Chekhov's grenade later. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, they do their stakeout. No one party can't li- get anyone to listen to him like ever. He can't control a situation. Mm-hmm. He, nope. Starla wants to go. He's like, no, you can't go. She convinces him to go. Let her go. So she goes on the stakeout. Um, Grant. Grant looks like a centaur from Fallout. I don't know if you've ever seen those things. I don't know if you want to Google it really quickly. You said centaur, and in my head I was immediately like, what the fuck? And then you said fallout, and I just go, oh. I don't know why. I've never even played it, but I now understand. I'm just like, oh, fucked up post-apocalyptic radioactive mutant monster. Got yeah. it. Yeah, I think they're also people, but like, I think they're used basically like dogs for the super mutants. Which, once again, if you don't know what I'm saying, this all sounds like bullshit that I'm saying, but... <laughs> This um, is video games with Cass. But yeah, it's exactly what he looks like. 100%. One to one. But yeah, he's a weird fleshy tentacle monster thingy now. He's got the, I love the makeup on like his face cuz it still kind of looks a little bit like Michael Rooker and I feel like that's insulting to say, but I think that's just they did a good job. But the teeth thing he's got going on, this weird venom teeth thing, badass. The venom teeth is pretty cool, but also it's very scary. Yeah. He is. He's flesh colored. He's got tentacles. He looks like a yeah centaur from Fallout. But yeah, he he shows up and they kind of surround him because he was about to. Oh uh, no, I think he fucking choked out or killed a cow, and then he was about to drag it to where he was going. And to which we get some some guy who was a part of the militia to stop him, saying like, "You tell us where that little girl is. Where you been hiding her?" It's not a little girl, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like we got, you gotta tell us, and we're gonna do it. And then he just does that, like do it the easy way or the hard way. Does that quick little move, you know? Throws his arm out, works like a whip. Everyone's just kind of looking at him, and the guy with the gun staring at him. And then there's a cut on his face, and chest and stomach. His color drains. Then we watch his organs leave his body. He just splits in half. Yeah, this is a very gory movie. Yeah. So if you're you're, you're grossed out by uh, you're, you're squeamish about pets and animals being killed and people, <laughs> <laughs> I guess to a lesser extent people, then um, this <laughs> to a lesser extent, then this might people. not be the movie for you because it's only worse from here. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, if you guys are really into um, conjoined horror this is the film for you if you liked the ending scene to society this is the film for you and if you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain i don't know you it's james gunn so this could probably still be the movie for you (laughs) so um so yeah that guy gets bisected um it's normal yeah and so, uh, and then they chase him. Yeah, they chase him. He leads them to a farm, but they don't find him in the farm. 
They find Brenda. At least the. F mm. All right. So if yeah, dead animals and dead people and, <laughs> and uh, inflation. <laughs> Human inflation. Inflation. I think that's the kink for some people out there. I don't know. If it's weird to you, it's weird to me too. But this has <laughs> Brenda's face attached to what could gen generously be called a giant mound of human flesh, which I guess was formerly her body. As she has expanded from all that meeting, which gotta say, meat I think alone does not gain you make you gain a lot of weight. So that is a lot of meat and homegirl high on protein. So yeah, it's more um, it's more what's uh, wiggling around inside of her that's causing the expansion. So uh, yeah, and I got to point it out because once again, Nathan Villain I think does great in this very deadpan way. He just like. She's like talking about like how she's hungry and all that stuff and fucked up and she's like ah, just how her kid is which they said she's fine. Ooh. I mean it seems like they didn't take her long to start looking for her so I'm assuming the kid is okay. But yeah, he just kind of le yeah, kind of leans over by her face services. and it's like so uh what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing I can say about this movie. There are some great one-liners in here. Because, like, earlier before they go on this stakeout at the Strutmire, the uh, mayor is there yelling about what's going on. And then someone makes a joke, and everyone in the precinct just starts laughing at the mayor. And the mayor just goes deadpan like, well, fuck you all for laughing. <laughs> and I just love that line. <laughs> yeah, they're all great. Um, and yeah, so Brenda says she's hungry. She has to eat the possum over there in the corner. He says they're going to get him. To you know, a little bit of possum. Eat, eat, uh, um, what's this? What, what, uh, Nathan Fillion. I don't remember character's name. Nathan Fillion says he's going to get them to uh, get her to a hospital, which I love. Someone's like, hey, what the fuck's a hospital going to do for her? <laughs> she is the size of the barn, practically. <laughs> And so, yeah, it's just a funny, real question, actually. And then, yeah, he see uh, Nathan Fillion cat clocks uh, Grant Grant walking out the back, and he's like, oh, shit, this was a trap. Cracks in her skin start to just start to expand. The cracks start to just, yeah, like a balloon, uh, like a like an inflated balloon that you just pop, and you see the, just the line go across it until it, it's all just ribbons. Uh, yeah, Brenda Pops. And outside of her comes a bunch of Frank Welker voiced slugs. <laughs> a bunch of mini Welkers yeah. just start going out into the world. Yeah, start slithering around and um, shoving themselves into people's yeah. mouths, taking over their bodies. Well, Everyone voiced by Frank Welker. <laughs> Doesn't happen right away, but yeah, they do go into people's mouths <laughs> and they just kind of pass out for the time being. Luckily, <laughs> our three important characters, Starla, Nathan Fillion, and Margaret, Margaret, what was her name? Um, they all have the foresight to close their mouths. Oh yeah, the mayor was freaked out by this whole thing, so he went to go throw up outside. Um, and so they close their mouths, and they just like get, get swarmed by these slugs. But I guess they just kind of move on. They just all right, fuck it. Uh, too much resistance, or they didn't. And we're all lucky. We're all very lucky that the slugs only, only, only go through the mouth because. Yep. There's options, I gotta say, if you need to reach the brain. There um, are options. Ear seems like it would be pretty easy, but that's a thick slug. Uh, I mean, uh, the nose, too. It could probably stretch it out a little bit. Ew. So, um, 
Yeah, and then we see, like, we, we pan out after the slugs all leave. Pan out to the mayor, who was still out there, I think, throwing up. And he's like, it tried to jump in my mouth. The fuck kind of thing wants you to eat it? <laughs> and he starts throwing up again. So, uh, you know, wheelie South Ca- or we- wheelsy Ca- South Carolina starts, like, slowly falling apart as slugs start taking over the, the town. Starting at the Strutmeyer house, where we see the actual third important character finally again in this movie. Um... Almost straight up lose it to a slug. Like this slug jumps into her mouth as she's like in a like she's like mid bath. She's able to like get a hand on those, it. She's got those nails that she had done at the, by the Japanese lady. Yeah, she was hardcore like gripped to this slug trying to pull it out, but it was able to connect deep enough to where she starts going on a vision quest through the memory of this hive mind. Yeah, there's no way I don't think it reached her brain, so like, did it reach like spinal cord? It's a really gross idea to me. I don't know. Hey, whatever works, works. It's in there. She now knows uh, what this thing is. Yeah, you get to see the Lovecraft It bullshit. is the end-all, be-all. It's been doing this for years, how it invades, how it takes over a place, and how, I guess, it sends off meteors or asteroids to take over another place. It will always be and shall always be the devourer of worlds, conqueror to then all. She, then she yanks that fucking thing out, throws it against the wall, and then kills it with a hair curler. Hell yeah. You go, girl. You go, what girl. a boss bitch. And then watches as all of her family <laughs> dies to these slugs. Yeah, her mom throws up on her, or throws up blood on her, and then her two, I guess, sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, they get fucked up by this thing. She leaves by jumping out of the window, and then she sees her father also come out of the front porch, and he just falls to the floor. Um, as the slugs start coming, she goes and hides in the car, and they've already shown, they get up and they're possessed. We reveal earlier that they were possessed, as Starla was just kind of like, they're moving the bodies, and Starla's, you know, talking with Margaret, and Wally starts getting up and talking to, uh, Starla like she's, like he's Grant Grant, calling her Sugar Plum and saying, marriage is a sacred vow, remember you promised, and all that stuff. So, from there we can tell... That Grant Grant is the leader, I guess, or the main control of the hive mind, and they're all just extensions of Grant Grant. Yeah, through so better for for better or for worse. So they're Grant Grant married to uh, Grant 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 and the Grants. Yeah, Grant Grant and his many Grants. So, <laughs> uh, so I have a question with um, our third character, who I don't remember the name of either. Kylie uh, Strutmeyer. Kylie, that's Strutmeyer. the one. Yeah. So she's in the hiding in this car, and her whole family is uh, already taken over. Mm-hmm. Those are don't like they have the knowledge, or he seems to get the knowledge of whoever he takes over. But those are those are Grant Grant talking, right? Yeah. Well, like first he tries. First, he tries to l- they try to lure her out by like saying like, "Oh, honey, let us in. We love you. We just want to be together. It's family night, remember?" No, I uh, think actually it- like De- Grant's in there, and like can possess them, but they still retain like themselves to it. That's like one of the horrors of this movie that like it seems like even after you're possessed by these slugs. You're fully consciously aware of what you're doing. Well, they might be consciously aware, but I like just... Like, you just... You can't stop it. I just feel like every time they talk, it's all been Grant Grant, which I gotta say, also, I guess if he takes over a deer, that's a little weird, but all right. 
but hey man sometimes you got to just be you and um yeah because they devolve from like you know trying to persuade her to like when it's not working they're just like you bitch you whore like get out of here you can't hide forever i don't know it kind of seems like that mom was that type of mom to start speaking like that oh i was they seemed like they were getting along fine the dad seemed a little um dated but like yeah. So did the mom. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. I want to give them a benefit of the doubt and say it was Grant. Grant, but all right. I'm not gonna give them a benefit of the doubt. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna say that was definitely the family. All right. Well, part of it, and then like I think the slugs probably also like inhibit some sort of aggressive behavior that does stem sure. from the main I... uh, mind that is Grant, because like it is Grant possessing yeah. them, but it's also not Grant possessing them because Kylie says that like. It is your husband, but it is now more than just your husband. Okay, but, I mean, also, it's also Grant Grant, but it's also this billion-year-old space alien. So, could be that, too. Anyways, um, she gets away with the help of Nathan Fillion. Bill Party! That's the one! His name's <laughs> Bill! Thank you, Christ! I was wondering how long you are going to leave me dangling on that one. I was so, going to see until you remember that he's Bill Party. His last name is literally Party. Yeah, but it's like P-A-R-D-Y or something. Still Party. So, with the help of Nathan Fillion, she escapes. He's about to lead her back to uh, the rest of the party. Ha! Um, well, then she, he sees them all running away from the recently um, revived um, mm-hmm. cops that, they, that were there. Uh, and I think before one of them can like spit with these weird acid on the mare... Because, by the way, they spit acid now. Some of them do. Which kind uh, of ended up killing Margaret. Killed Margaret. Well, I don't know. It doesn't. I don't know if it kills them, but yeah, I guess it does. Well, no, it, it, it like, inflames them, and they start, yeah. like... She says it uh, burns. It doesn't look pleasant. But, like, later, no, later, later on, a bunch of group of them just spit on this one guy, and he's just screaming, and eventually, I don't know, he either dies or passes out. But it doesn't, like, melt the skin off or anything. No. Yeah, it just seems like it really fucking hurts until you pass out or die, I guess. And so, yeah. They drag him off. So, anyways, that's how Margaret dies. Uh, moving on. Um, before the American gets spit on, uh, we ran over the zombie slug man with the car. And to which Starla has a great moment where she just gets like this like pole and is just stabbing over and over through the neck as our characters are just watching through the in the car. And we pick them up and they go on the run to Wheelie. Yeah, and uh, the mayor's just like, well, she's a badass bitch. And then the mayor gives the most impassioned speech ever in the car on the way back to Wheelsy. So it good. Beautiful. What was that again? Go ahead. Just opens up the back compartment to the car, starts digging around, slams it. It's like, there's no Too more cooler. Mr. Pip. I fucking told Margaret, I, I asked your, your assistant. assistant to get some goddamn Mr. Pip for this stakeout. It's like, well, we'll get right on it. It's just like, well, first, you know, we got this murderous psycho. Then we got alien slugs taking over my friends, and now there's no more goddamn Mr. Pip! It's the only Coke I drink! <laughs> it's beautiful. I love the man. I fucking loved it. Uh, Just, the, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, that, that sequence was the most truthful sequence I had ever seen. <laughs> like, this is how people would react. This is exactly how people would react. Yeah, it's like the family guy, like, that Christmas one where... Lois keeps all together, and then the lack of paper towels is what sets her off, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's that business. 
Makes makes a person feral when there's no Mr. Pib, you know? Uh, hey, man, if it's the only Coke you drink, it's the only Coke you drink. <laughs> yeah, well, like, the, it, the rest of it just happens really fast. Oh, they're heading to Wheelie, they're heading to Wheelie and he's talking to to uh, Pam from The Office. Yes. in this movie. Jenna Fisher's in the movie, um, just playing, I think, the dispatcher. And so he tells her to call the CDC. He's like, oh, yeah, shit's bad. We're just going real bad in here. You see any slugs? She said, oh, there's a skeeter in this place, but ain't no slugs or whatever. He's like, all right, I need you to get on the horn. Call the CDC. You know, you need to help you, uh, you know, call them this and that. And she's just very silent on her on her side of the phone. Very like Pam from the office, just kind of nodding. He's like, are you nodding your head right now? And she's like, right, I'm on it. And so she's going to go call the CDC. But then, you know, after they hang up the phone, we see a bunch of slugs rain from the ceiling on her. Um, and so, yeah, as they're heading to town, uh, he gets a hold of her and she welcomes him back very eerily. <laughs> hey there, killer. And it's actually a pretty, pretty good, pretty good scene where she's talking really creepy and all that stuff. And y- you can tell that she's been taken over and he's like, oh yeah, in fact, me and my friends got some uh, surprise for y'all around the corner, and right then and there, a fucking truck like hits T-bones them on the road. Starla passes out. Kylie and Bill pass out. The mayor passes out, and uh, unfortunately, they lose Starla to Grant. Grant and the horde. Uh, the mayor also gets taken by the horde, uh, but Kylie's able to save. Uh, Kylie and Bill are able to get themselves out. You know, Bill's able to get up, get out of there, and he pulls Kylie out, and they get out of there. I think they head on over the precinct to maybe see if they can get a hold of someone. There's no power, or no the lines are cut. But there's a grenade. But they're going to get some guns and a grenade. No, all the guns were already if... gone. All they had left was that oh. grenade. Oh, and right. like one small six-shooter. Yeah. And so uh, I think because of Kylie and her small, limited knowledge of the monster, they figure if they blow up Grant, Grant... Uh, the rest of everyone should be fine, right? It's all good. It's good. Yeah, everything should be back to normal. So that's the plan. And so Starla wakes up. They've dressed her. They've undressed her and dressed her into that, uh, you know, little nighty that she was wearing when she was uh, trying to make amends with, uh, with Grant Grant in the earlier scene. Uh, and they're asking her to come down. No one's there. None of them are in there. But you can hear that they are all like downstairs saying, "Like, come on, Starla, get down. We know you're awake in there and all that stuff." Cause you're every woman in the world <laughs> to me. Grant Grant starts playing that song eventually <laughs> as she's ready to come down. But also, we have the mayor locked up in the basement with a bunch of other people eating corpses and shit. And it looks like there. I think maybe the mayor was there to get eaten as well. But he wakes up, and he sees all the yeah. stuff. He flashes a light on this lady. She's like, don't judge me! Don't judge me! And so he starts running away as she's chasing him. You dare Republicans she... judging yeah. me! <laughs> I love how when he's running up the stairs, she's like, yeah, damn Republicans, we're going to get rid of y'all! <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah, lady slug! <laughs> uh, Always have to be political, yeah, he go- huh, James? He, he, go- he goes up the stairs... And as uh, as Kylie said, when one of them sees you, they all see you. So the moment he uh, gets up the stairs, opens the door, uh, just two tentacles there already, and they just pierce our mare. The Wiggly yeah. Boys. Yeah, the Wiggly Boys. The Wiggly Boys. They pierce right through the mare, <laughs> you know, like when we got what's her face, uh, uh, Brenda, pregnant, uh, and so they do the same thing to the mare, which is bad. 
so then, yeah, like as we're playing the song, the the fucking the fucking uh, monsters are playing the song with the uh, sorry, uh, Grant Grant starts playing the every woman in the whole wide world to me that business. We get a good montage of like her getting ready. She's like gets like yeah. a little co- a pointed comb, puts it like you know in the line of her uh, undies so she can like hide it underneath the the nighty. Uh, and the mayor starts feeling the hunger as he's down there. Mm-hmm. And while this uh, beautiful like romantic song is playing, he just he can't. He's trying to fight it, but he can't help it. He goes over and starts eating one of the corpses to the song, and it's kind of. It's kind of beautiful. <laughs> He's like crying at the same time as he can't help it now. It's just like, oh, that's right, you dirty whore. Eat that corpse. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm tired. We've been going for a while. All right. So if you're not a fan of animal deaths, people deaths, inflation, or whatever the fuck Squaring was on right there, <laughs> might not be the one for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. James Gunn brings a weirdness out in all of us. Uh, we're only halfway through the holiday. Uh. Oh, God. So, yeah. Uh, Starla kind of tries to talk him down, finds a little humanity in him as she's like, hey, look, you hung all these pictures. You've done some redecorating, baby, and all good, and this and that. And he's like, all, all the other... There's people... Sorry. Uh... I'm trying oh, to you like us, it? Trying to get us through this. You like what I've done with the place? Well, yeah, there's other corpses conjoined to him, and you can see, like, heads and shoulders and arms sticking out. Uh, and also from, from Bill's perspective, you can see a bunch of these zombies just walking into, like, a weird fleshy thing sticking out of the back door of the house, and they're just kind of melting into it. Really creepy body horror. Full homage to society, like the ending sequence of society when it's revealed what's going on in that movie. Just the way he made the body prosthetics like start stretching that way as they're like morphing together. That's all I could think about as I was watching it. It's real bad. And it had to be Uh. wet, didn't it? It's oh, it's so wet. Uh, so, so uh, yeah. So the other voices, since Grant Grant can't really talk, he just kind of makes like uh, kind of grunting noises. Um, uh, they they're talking, or he's talking through them as is like, I trusted you. You betrayed me. You trying to run away with the chief party and all that stuff. And so she's talking him down, saying, you know, she cares for him, marriage is sacred vow, all that stuff. You know playing on to, like, what he wants from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by calling him Grand, um, that kind of, I guess, brings something out of him. You can see he looks like he's... It lo- a weird monster looks like it's tearing up and starts releasing his tentacles around her as she comes in, saying, like, uh, I never... Ha- you know what? It'd just be me and you. I never had much interest in the rest of the world anyways. Uh, and she fucking stabs him with the comb. And all the voices freak out. He... Knocks her away, flings her against the wall, and there's our cue for our heroes to come in. Which, once again, uh, Bill can't get anyone to listen to her. He tells uh, Kylie to stay there, and she's like, I'm not staying here. So she comes along. Starts headshotting people without a problem. Uh, the mayor oh, I love the out. part when I love the part when they're at the be- like at the door trying to come in, and like he does this very goofy flip to like land on the porch as like one of the monsters is coming after him, and there's this great scene where like it's about to spit on him, 
And to block the spit, he just picks up, like, the welcome home mat and, like, just it just covers, like, it just barely, like, lifts it uh, past himself. And it just spits on that instead of him. He drops it and then shoots the thing. <laughs> it's just very funny to see the welcome home mat just used as, like, a weird cover. And it works. It's well done. I it, it was crazy. Like, the mayor breaks out of the basement and he's, like, got, like, the gorge and he's growing. And he's just like, Bill, kill me. Kill me, Bill, please. Bill immediately, like, cool guy, straight through the head, just, like, doesn't even say he's sorry, like, yeah. which is the customary thing before you kill no. him, like, who's a potentially a friend, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, unlike the other ones who seem to have no agency, he still seems like he's the mayor, but, yeah, he's just like, ugh, and just, like, <laughs> shoots <laughs> right oh, through the head, which, you know, good for the mayor, honestly. It seemed like a bad fate. Yeah, I would have. Uh, he saw what happened to Brenda. It's like uh, that sequence in um, Aliens or Alien versus Predator. Oh, where they got the thing in them or what? Yeah, and like they find him and everything, and then it's oh. just like they give him a gun, just like you can, just in case you want to like end it, you know? Yeah, he got you. Yeah. Uh, it was that sort of situation. And so then, yeah. The, the grenade. Here- Works right. Say, here comes your here comes your favorite. It's your Chekhov's grenade. My Chekhov's grenades here. He pulls the pin. He's ready to throw it. Does my Chekhov's grenade happen, Kaz? <laughs> I think he even has like a cool guy line he's about to say for throwing it. Mm-hmm. And then um, Grant Grant just tentacle just whip flicks it right <laughs> out of his out of his arm and it falls. Uh, it like flies behind like uh, a couch or something. I'd say a bench. It looks like a bench, but why would you have a bench inside your house? It looks like a very ornate bench, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's like a metal frame with like cushions on like the backing. It doesn't seem like it'd be something you'd have inside your house, but whatever. It's fine. Uh, and then he goes, this is a very high pitch. Shit. <laughs> As Kylie so- and him. Kylie being the MVP, first one in there, starts to move the fucking bench or couch away. And then yeah, our our boy um Bill starts coming in, grabs the grenade, and then we get our Chekhov's grenade, right? No, he tosses it and it bounces off the flesh and into the pool and then explodes. No. No, no he has it in his arm and Grant Grant whips him with a tentacle outside the window with the grenade. Oh, that's right. And it rolls into the pool and just explodes into a sad, sad, watery fart. And then we get a sequence that legitimately I was both like, ooh, and then busted out laughing when Grant Grant takes the couch and just full on throws it at Kylie. Just seeing this teenage girl get slammed into just the wall. Bodied by a couch. <laughs> it was the best. It was just like, oh shit, Grant Grant's been playing some Yakuza on PlayStation 2, I see. That- See, that was exactly like when we were at Malignant and the sister gets hit by the hospital bed. I'm like, she's fucking dead. Yeah, I was, I was legitimately like, no, Kylie's dead. There's no way you're coming out of that. You don't see her at all. And then, yeah, while Bill's outside, the tentacles come out after him. One of them stabs him. The other one, because, yeah, the tentacles come in a pair. And so the uh, when the other one goes after him, he's able to grab it and just... The luckiest bullshit, the, like, if the grenade was the Chekhov's grenade, this is the Deus Ex propane tank, where it's just there (laughs) shooting gas out of it. And, yeah, he just plugs the tentacle that's coming after him into it, filling him with gas, where Bill... 
Bill, I think, while still dying, <laughs> just kind of tells Starlet. It was never a Chekhov's grenade. It was just the concept of the Chekhov's explosion. There you go. The Chekhov's concept. <laughs> That uh, sounds so jerk off. <laughs> we sound like a bunch of chodes on this one. Air. But then we enjoy see, your Chekhov concept. Starla, we see Starla with the gun, and it's just like shooter, shooter. And Grant's just like, nah, you could never shoot me. And then she, you know, tearful goodbye, I guess, shoots Grant. He explodes in flame. I know, yeah. Movie logic, he explodes for some reason from that bullet. Um, eh. Not caught on fire, just kind of blows up. Yeah, I just don't know what spark there was other than from the gun itself, but that that's not why that happened. Uh, and then, yeah, he explodes. There's bits of him everywhere. He's fucked. Uh, Bill comes out. He's fucked up. Kylie comes out from under the couch, and she's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, Kylie's fine. She's badass. But she's alive, and she tells Bill, like, ah, you needed both tentacles in you to turn into one of those things. And he's like, oh, that's good. <laughs> I mean, even if that weren't the, fa- the case, what happens is Grand Grand explodes. Once he's dead, everyone in the town is not fine. They just die. They had a. Sl- it's almost like a massive shock to the brain as something that was latched onto <laughs> it suddenly dies, thus killing the brain itself. Yeah. So I'm assuming if it had gotten Bill, I think it would have been early enough to where he would have been fine. But either way, he only got the one tentacle, so he just has weird milky pus coming out of him that's kind of gross. But eh, it's survivable, I guess. Those are long tentacles, though. You know, it's just a. Uh... Just ten miles to the next town. They got a got a hospital with that big green, you know, steeple roof. Yeah, and our heroes just start hoofing it, and uh, Starla and uh, Kylie tells the story about how uh, Bill saved yeah, we, him from a deer, which we didn't mention that earlier. So it makes no sense because you know Bill saved her. That's from right, the deer. Uh, and spoiler alert. Kylie really saved Bill, but because of toxic masculine fragility, he has to tell the story a different way. Yeah, he does have a funny... He does, like, once again, do the line very hilariously, where he's like, oh, when I tell that story, it's going to be the other way. (laughs) Yeah, you should start practicing telling the story the other way. (laughs) What do you mean? Uh, I saved you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's how I'm going to make it sound. And so, yeah, when they're, like, walking out, he's like, oh, man, so... Why don't you tell Starla how I saved you from that deer? Oh, yeah. And then she's like, oh, yeah, Bill saved me from a deer. This is about it. <laughs> uh, and then also Starla is also, because there was another thing they set up earlier that comes back later where uh, when they were kids, she wanted to, like, have Bill run away with her where she was going to be, like, a, a Hollywood star and he was going to be her bodyguard. You know, very cute-like. And then uh, he said, no. And then he also reported her, so she got turned in and didn't make it far at all. So then now, as they're walking away, she says, Bet you wish you ran away with me now, don't you, Bill? Oh, I always regretted that. It's very cute. It's very cute. But then, you know, toxic masculine fragility. Hell yeah. Wins the day. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And then, just so you know, all hope is saved. The world's fine. Nope. Cat gets possessed. Movie ends. Yeah, post-credit thing, we look underneath a car where, like, the um, flesh sack 
opens up in some kind of way. What kind of way would you describe that? Reminiscent. No, no. <laughs> I was going to say, not falling for it again. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I spoke too soon. Yeah. Should have waited. <laughs> so, yeah, a little rattle comes out, a little stinger comes out, shoots a cat, and we're basically saying, hey, it's all going to start all over again, except with a cat. So, that'll be interesting, I guess. Oh, because, yeah, that's like a weird setup they had before. Where Kylie even says, like, with her once again exposure to the to the weird tentacle monster, where uh-huh. she says, "Oh yeah, like when it takes over a planet, it always like makes a host, but it always has a backup or some shit." A weird throwaway line, where it's like, "Oh yeah, there's always like a second stinger," and so we never thought about it. I guess. Yeah, there's always. I've always got systems on systems on systems, just in case, so I never die. I mean, it's a billion or so years old, so. Smart. They had a backup plan, motherfuckers. It's like the perfect bad guy, the one that always has a backup plan. Yep. So that's our ending. That's Slither. We win. Did we? I don't know. I guess it just depends on something. So did you like it? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> uh, I saw this movie years and years and years ago, and I was also in my edgy teen phase. So I was like, <laughs> hell yeah, this shit rocks. Mid, Michael Rooker's so cool, Starla's so hot, Nathan Fillion's a badass. That's funny. Nathan Fillion's not a badass. No one's a badass in this movie. Everyone no sucks cool, in this movie, except and for everyone Starla. Sucks. And everyone Kylie. sucks. Everyone sucks in every James Gunn movie, and I think that's part of the charm. Hey, you're kind of right. They're all flawed people, and I love it. So, yeah, I was totally in this movie when it came out. Rewatching it now, I'm like, oh, ooh, this is uncomfortable. This is weird. <laughs> But I still like it. It's fun. The characters are fun. Even when they're bad, they're fun. The mayor, piece of shit. Awful human being. Great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I really did like this movie. I really enjoyed the rewatch. It does come with a bit of caveats. Is once again, it's it's, it's pretty edgy. It's, it's, it's a back then edginess to it. It's, yeah, it's just it's a, a small town. It's a small town. It's there's a, a bit, small town. There's a bit of an oof factor with some of it, but it, Overall, it's still just a fun watch, I think. Uh, Squared. Mm-hmm. So did you like it? I was really nervous about this movie because I remember seeing trailers for this movie after it came out on DVD, and it was always just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching when I look at this trailer. So finally watching it at Mike, uh, at an older age, first time ever seeing it. Yeah. After talking with you about it and like even watching it by myself, I was really confused by the end of it on if I liked it or not. But I I did. I did like it. And the reason why I liked it is because a lot of times when you do horror comedy, comedy offsets the horror and like it just kind of devours the concept itself. While in this movie, it perfectly put the two together because it had a lot of moments where I was just like, no, ah, I don't like it. This is scary. And then I'd be laughing my ass off because like the shitbag mayor says something. And I was just like, fuck, that's so goddamn relatable. <laughs> goddamn, goddamn Mr. Mr. Pip. And then Nathan Fillion. Yeah, like you're right. James Gunn has this amazing way of using flawed characters in his films tell really great stories that like people will have fun with like i don't think i've ever seen like even guardians of the galaxy like these so-called heroes like it works for him because they're not heroes they're just normal people they're kind of scumbags but they they're just trying to do their best and like that's what this whole movie was as well and i loved it i think the mayor is my mvp oh 
It's pretty great. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's between him and Nathan Fillion for me. Um, I forgot, because also Nathan Fillion does have a really good line. It's why I, I mentioned the fact that you pointed out that the mm-hmm. cleft lip guy was in the beginning. Uh, because like at one point he mentions him when they're talking. I forgot why, but they mentioned him when they're talking about like different homes that Grant Grant had like taken the animals from. And he mentions the guy's name, and one of the deputies kind of starts making fun of him. He's like saying, like, oh, yeah, the cleft lip thing really freaks me out. And Nathan Fillion's character has a great line where he just he looks at me and says, well, your mother wasn't too proud when you came out either. (laughs) And he's like, hell yeah, fuck this guy. (laughs) Just, you know, a little bit of biting humor. It's fun. All right, Kaz, what do you got going on in your life? Oh, we're just trucking along trying to kill the year before it kills us. So that's how December be. Nan uh, did a bit of figure painting, but also he's been playing some Pokemon Scarlet, I want to say. Um, does that on some days. Me and Bob's going to finish Resident Evil Outbreak, I think, soon. Um, some Silent Hill, some Devil May Cry 5. Fun, that's fun. fun. And then, yeah, Nan continues the ever-expanding quest to finish the Monsty Hunties. You can find all that and catch these episodes live occasionally, but yeah. it's getting hard towards the end of the year. Uh, at twitch.tv forward slash second respawn. That's number two, N-D, and the word respawn all scrunched up together. I'm joined by the... Uh, dubious mayor of this podcast sir squaren you can find him at twitch.tv forward slash sir squaren that's sir uh, s uh sir s-q-u-a-r-i-n what do you got going on well i finally did it i've made some changes to my twitch channel to be more in line with like what i vibe with so i play less video games now i'll still play some every now and again but I do a lot more D&D, and, I'll, and I started building Gundam models on my stream, and I'll be doing other models as well as I get them, just as a way to, like, chill out, listen to some music, and just vibe with people as I do a hobby I legit enjoy. Um, it's It's been fun. And if you want to know what's going on with that, you can follow me on Twitter, at Sir Squarin, uh, Sir S-Q-U-A-I-R-I-A-R-I-N. Oh, I can't even spell my own name. That's fine. I did it right ahead of time. You're good. <laughs> I know, right? And then, uh, you know, this podcast only happens as well because we've got an amazing editor who puts in a lot of work for us every week. That so these podcasts can, or these episodes can come out on uh, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can find podcasts. And that's that's the amazing uh, Tucker Wins uh, at Tucker Wins on Twitter or Twitch.tv forward slash Tucker underscore Wins. He does a lot of work for us, but he also plays video games. He plays chess. He talks about the real stuff going on. Like, you know, how Ticketmaster is destroying the fabric of America. But yeah, you can find him over there and you should give him you should give him a follow. You should hang out with him a little bit and I think you'll have a good time. Uh, if you've enjoyed what you've listened to here on So Did You Like It, you know, the best way for podcasts to grow is by word of mouth, so we'd really appreciate it if you could share us with anyone you think uh, would appreciate listening to us and having funs with our goofs and jafes and jips and jokes and whatever the fuck you want to call them. That's a tired man talking right now. 
<laughs> Man, you can tell. Anyway, to continue the holiday with James Gunn, the Christmas time with James Gunn, next week we're going to go back into a film that James Gunn had written, and that is going to be Dawn of the Dead. So look forward to that next week as the much remake. as we do. The remake. Okay. That's right. Remake of George, a- or George Romero's uh, classic film. It'll be fun because it's going to be the first time I've ever seen this movie. So we're going to end this podcast like we're supposed to end this podcast every week, and that's Merry Christmas, James Gunn. Merry Christmas, James Gunn. And we'll talk to you next time. Good night, everybody. You're my fantasy. You're my reality. Girl, you're